Awesome. So, um, uh, uh, Jess is going to be interviewing Brett. Yes. You know, I just, uh, we have so many, this is, I don't know why it's making those noises. Maybe this is my high-pitched voice. That seems better, all right. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, just stories of redemption. I love seeing God do miraculous, amazing, wonderful things. And, and I think sometimes the, the most miraculous things are, is, is when it comes to relationships and that God does restoration uh, in those places. And um, I, I just want to, uh, there's, there's been many marriages that have been uh, restored and we are all on the journey of restoration. And uh, in the pre-gathering prayer, I, just, I felt this word um, that uh, Jesus is the only one who has the glory of perfection. Um, Everyone else gets the glory of redemption because none of us are perfect. And so sometimes we think about, oh, man, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's about perfection. And, and he is perfecting us and it will take forever, um, longer for some. Um, but that's the point is that sometimes then we look at our journey and we go, oh, my gosh, and, and I was this person and he's changed me and he's transformed me. And again, this is not about behavior. The, the story you're going to hear, this is not a person who's changed their behavior. This is a person who's been transformed by Jesus. Um, but just to, to see that, and, and so we are all, and that's the glory of God. His glory is shown as he is redeeming his people. There is a glory in redemption. And uh, I just want to really honor you guys up the back there. Bless you, bless you. Um, but this is, and I'm only saying it because you guys kind of put it out publicly on Facebook. Um, <laughs> But again, just another, just another journey of God um, bringing restoration. And uh, <laughs> it's James and Joe. But um, just want to say I'm really proud of you, uh, James, for the choices um, that you made. I'm proud of you, Joe, for, for your strength. And, um, but, you know, sometimes the hardest part is just, is just choosing to let Jesus do what he wants to do. Um, and that can be the, the hardest part, I think, for any of us to get to, where we're just willing to, to humble ourselves before him and before others, and just say, okay, Jesus, I've, I've tried in my strength, and it's time for you to, uh, I'm going to lean on yours, and, uh, and just to see the way that you guys have done that, and, uh, and what the Lord has done, so just, yeah, want to honor you guys and bless you. Um, you, you're, you know, again, we, we see that restoration here, and there's things that we choose to do as a community that, that focus on that. There are tools that we choose. I mean, the bunch of you were at the Elijah House uh, Unit 1 uh, the last couple of days. But again, prayer ministry, nothing miraculous about prayer ministry. It's just Jesus and people meeting with Jesus and Him doing miracles. And so that's all it is. Um, every time when we worship and things change, it's Jesus doing miracles. It's all of those things. And so... Um, but there is something of when God brings a community together, there is a love and a support um, that, that is also part of that, that he calls us to be family and, uh, and to operate in that. But um, yeah, just want to honor you. Brett, Brett uh, is an amazing man. I've known Brett for a while and journeyed with him. In the, I know the before and the after. Um, but, but again, it's to, it's to see genuine. Brett is, uh, works here on the property and uh, doing all the um, kind of gardens and, you know, grounds, maintenance, and transformation, all of that sort of stuff, and plenty of intercession 
as well um, as, as what happens. But um, yeah, I've just, just loved seeing God do such a, an amazing, miraculous work in your life and also seeing you choose that path as well. You know, God can do miracles, but when God does miracles, he's often not passive. Every miracle that Jesus did, the Father did through him by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we are active and engaged, and sometimes, again, it's about giving you a yes. So I'm just so thankful that you gave your yes uh, to Jesus. And um, But yeah, looking forward to hearing the revelation and the wisdom and, uh, and the things uh, poured out. But again, remember, when, when a testimony is shared, that's a sign as well that you can h hold on to that and say, man, if Jesus could do it for, for that person, for that marriage, for that family, he can do it for me too. So uh, bless you guys. Come on up. Thank you, Brad. Hi, Brett. How you going? Afternoon, everyone. My name's Jess. I've been um, a part of this community for almost three years after coming here from overseas. I've known Brett for all of that time, but more so in the last couple of years. I'm part of the pastoral oversight, and um, last year I co-led with Grant and Sherelle, a life hub in Mandra that Brett and Bethia were a part of. And so we've done a lot of journey with them. Um, a couple of years ago, Brett and Bethia were together. Last year they were not. <laughs> and now they're together again. So we're going to talk through that story with you and just share what happened. And um, Grant, Sherelle and I were very much a part of um, just the privilege of journeying with both of them through that season and really leaning on the Lord for wisdom. And um, there are many people involved there. So... Um, welcome, Brett. Is there anything you wanted to add yeah. to that? Yeah, no, obviously I'm Brett, and, <laughs> and I'm a little bit nervous, so I'm a little bit, like, tired um, and just a bit raw, but I just want to start off just thanking a little bit of people, not that I've won an award or anything, like, yeah, marriage, I made it, but um, obviously I just want to thank Jesus, and you'll hear the fullness of, of that, but... Um, uh, without Bethia, without the choice, the hard choice that Bethia has made often makes a choice for me, and um, it was very hard that, to to make the choice of actually leaving me, and to, especially the way you hear I carried on, and I just want to honour you as my wife, and I just you, I just love you so much, and I'm so thankful to have met you, and I, I I'm just. I'm just so proud of you for, for making those choices, to be honest, because you've set me free. And I know that I've made some choices, but um, that first one, twice, was um, very powerful. And I just want to honour you today. I love you very much. And this is my story of what I chose. And Bethia has her own story. Um, but this is you, my, where I took responsibility for my marriage. It's, you can only do you. Bethia has a story of what she chose as well. Uh, um, uh, cool. Uh, well, yeah, as you heard, um, Jess and Grant and Sherelle were our Life Hub leaders and we were meant to be co-leading together. <laughs> and uh, then it all fell apart and you guys had to walk through 
some very difficult stuff last year and, you know, we've just got a few little presents for Grant and Shrill if you want to come up and get it. Uh, you guys have, Grant, Shrill, you guys have done, seen so many messages that Beth and I have communicated. They were invited into our communication and so every bit of communication we had from the start was monitored and the hours that they've spent overseeing our marriage is incredible, and especially all my incessant phone calls. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. And uh, if you could open your one up now. And, and the, the one that uh, I got Grant is the advice that he gave me most of the year. And he's just going to hold it up for you. Am I? Yeah, yeah, if you can. Let me teach you. <laughs> it says, but did you die? <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> so, it was often, you know, that, uh, things would be flaring up all the time and, you know, put to death a lot of things. He's like, Grant's like, you just need to lay that down, mate. This time, just lay that down. So, I thought I'd get you a shirt. It's best advice ever. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, I just have to say, I did not expect <laughs> any recognition. Didn't expect them to mention my name, but it's just cheeky being a part of our Life Hub. Um, but I have never experienced a, a man who made so many difficult choices, but was so, from the start, was like, I have absolutely no clue. I'm not going to be, I, I, I can't do it. I can't, no, nah, that's it, it's all over. You know, and, and I stood there alongside him and said, well, we're here for you, man, you know, when you, when, when you need us and you've got a choice to make. And I, th I think for a few days he was rattled. Anyway, I don't want to take anything away from you, but I was just so proud of the intentionality and the tough choices, man. I've never seen anyone just go through like, it was hell, but to come out the other side. It's just, it was a privilege to be a part of. Yeah. You're an awesome mate. Thank you, Jess. You are mighty. And Jess, like, being single, sewing into our marriage, you know, I don't even know what that does, but I'm just super grateful for you. And still to this day, it's not like it was just for that season. You, you're, you're a very good friend to me. Thank you, Brett. Thank you for brothering me. Okay, so we're just going to paint a picture for you a little bit and share a little bit of the story. Um, the Lord says that by the word of our testimony and by his blood is, is what brings change. And this, no one can take from anybody their story. Um, you can argue theology, you can do all kinds of things, you can say the Greek word for this is different, you're saying it wrong, but no one can take from you your story. And this is um, Brett's story. So Brett, two years ago, you and Bethia were together, you were in our community. Um, did you feel that your marriage was in a good place? What did, what did your marriage, what did your fatherhood look like? Two years ago. Yeah, uh, two years ago, I was—I thought I was pretty functional, and <laughs> you know, I thought I was actually not too bad. And 
you know, I was rocking up the church on Sunday, you know, and yeah, well, that's literally what it was for me, rocking up on Sunday, and I just thought it was just a build, you know, I was um, just rocking up, doing my duties, and, you know, I wasn't for that, I was, you know, I was, yeah, a lot of it's quite, like, blank, but um, I was around a little bit. I was working and I, I, I did all that stuff, but I was just in super survival mode and it was just about keeping up an appearance, coming up to church. And um, I really wanted Jesus, but I didn't want to cost any of myself. I, I, I didn't want to. I just wanted the position, if you know what I mean, without the, the hard th- things. But at the time you thought that was normal. I just thought it was normal, you're just rocking up and you'd sing and you'd be part of a, you know, um, you'd, a life hub and you'd share heart stuff, but I was really disconnected from Jesus. Um, when we were talking during the week, you said that hiding things was fairly normal for you. Yep. Would, um, so you, you felt you were functional, you felt your marriage was fine, you were a good dad, um, but, but there were things going on that were hidden, yeah. but you thought that that, that was normal, that to function like that. Yeah, yeah I, I was under a lot of um, denial and just I just was hiding quite a lot and I was coming down here, like I, I remember just coming down here and like we were up there and even just smoking down the bottom here, having a cigarette and just, um, sorry Kev, I, I said it in the small group the other day, I used to smoke down the back of the church here and it was just like the hiding of just the little things and you can't hide smoking but I hid so much stuff it was just like I could not tell the truth to save myself and I was, you know there was so many lies just little lies all the time of um, even like when I was drinking I would drink away from home and then not drink at home and then just sort of like ring up people and say oh um, I've stuffed up drinking. I've had a, a drink instead. I've had I've had like one or two drinks instead. I've had like eight, and it was just it was just the lying that went along with the. It wasn't just the 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 issue. It was the lying and the deceit that was very hidden and made me very untrustworthy. Um, that's pretty that's pretty big, Brett. And I mean, even though there's many things hidden, Bethia most probably we saw more than many people. So there was a time of transition. Um, Bethia made some decisions. And um, so if you can take us through a little bit about um, what were some of the things that happened in that season leading up to where Bethia said enough is enough, because there was a few things that happened. There were some teachings. There was some Elijah House stuff that was going on. And it was almost like the Lord was building um, your heart in preparation for a few things. Can you share with us some of those transitions? Yeah, I, I, like just a little bit of a backstory of my life. You know, I grew up on the farm. Like, I'm so thankful my brother David has come up from the farm, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> he would have seen some of the states I used to be in. And I used to be a drug addict and like an alcoholic for. 15 years, you know, just quite heavy on, on the drugs. And when I became a Christian was probably about, like, round about when I met you, hey, like... And then, yeah, I didn't do much any healing. And then... Um, so came came the paradox, probably, like, pretty fresh, thinking kind of know a little bit, but 
I didn't understand what was going on in the church and then I started doing Elijah House and things did unfold after unit one and I was getting a little bit of healing and I was growing. I just, I didn't want to really go to that, some places in my life that was really hidden and really, I was really, really ashamed about and I, I almost wanted to do everything but come out of hiding, you know, it was like I wanted to get healing but it was just like, I just didn't want to do hard things. I just didn't want to go into pain. And um, just the, resi the, the fight not to break down was, you know, it's like this survival thing. And with being in drug addiction, some of you know, it's like, it's just a coping mechanism. You're just doing that. And when I came out of, I was still addicted in some way. Like even once, even when I stopped doing drugs, I was still coping and, and, and um, so what happened was Bethy had just had enough and we had talked and I uh, said, oh, I'll get help and then not get help. And I would just, it was broken promises after, you know, like, she'd be like, look, can we just see someone together? Like, and and um, a few people in the church had said, Beth, you need to let people in your marriage and I'll be just flaring up saying they're all controlling you. And it was just, it was really, I got really out of hand towards the end. Um, and then Rachel gave a word about no more delay. I don't know if you remember that no more delay. And I was thinking, sweet, this is no more delay and all this good stuff. I just kind of thought, like, money. yeah, money, glory, I don't know. Just, like, something about me. Anyway, that's what I thought it was. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of, and then it just went pear-shaped. Uh, and when I say went pear-shaped, I went pear-shaped. <laughs> and I started just drinking quite heavily and just taking, you know, I wasn't getting like to the state I was, but um, a lot of demons and a lot of stuff was starting to manifest. And then I did this uh, Unit 4 course and uh, Amy led us again, another tower, led us into a corporate, um, corporate repentance for coming out of denial. And I did that, and I just remember going away, and I'm not going to be the same. And I just got really bad. I was controlling and manipulating around the home. Every single thing that used to hold things together just went. And even when God had held things, he just let go. And it was like um, all this stuff came up, and I couldn't hide anymore, and things were just bubbling up. And I was, I, 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 went, I went a little bit crazy. And, yep. And so, what was the result of that? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. In your home? In my home, it was chaos. And every time that I would come home from work, Bethia has been quite sensitive and discern of spirits. Would It would just really rattle the home and the kids weren't loving me being around. And um, one night, I think she just said, I can't handle this anymore. I can't deal. I can't even handle it like you. And I just remember she's saying she's leaving and then there was a, all the following, you dare take the kids. And I hadn't done, I had just been justifying myself. Yeah, I haven't done this. And you, how dare you take the kids? I'm calling the cops, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was uh, very controlling and like, I wasn't, some people were like controlling violently. I'm very, I used to be quite uh, manipulative. 
Thank you, that word, with um, my words. And so I would try and manipulate and control situations and it didn't work, Bethia was gone and the best thing to do is just to leave, you know, like to break, break away from that because you can't argue with it, you can't just, Beth, we had, Bethia had tried, she, she prayed and said, how, Lord, how do we do this? How do I talk to him? And she came up with all these strategies. It just doesn't work because that spirit's got to come off yourself. You know, she, you know, I don't know, I'll talk about that later, but she left and I had a, um, couple of days where I just I, I think I was I think I drank like like 30 beers a day no lie and I just was like I've just had enough I, I don't even know about God and I came up with a choice I had this encounter after four days of just I don't know what to do and then actually during that um, I had a mediation at Grant's in Shrell's place and Bethy had shared her heart about how she'd felt she was very raw and she set in some boundaries of just what she wants to happen. And that, I did not respond well. I, I just walked out. And I'm really ashamed of not fighting for my marriage in that moment. And I have repented for that, but I feel like it's a pivotal moment where Bethy wanted me to fight for our marriage and I walked away. And then, after that, I don't know. So you took a couple of days mm. to process. I know Grant said that you took a few days and he you... Came over, yeah. um, he, he came and spoke to you and said you've got a choice to make. Um, so you did make a choice, Brett. What, can you walk us through a little bit of what you chose and what that looked like for you with your marriage and with your kids? Yeah. It, for me, it, I just had an encounter one night with this person and we talked about life and I felt like for a moment of time, God had cleared my mind and gave me an option to choose in, in this night and I felt like I just saw clearly and I could see my wife and I knew that no matter what, she's going to be in my life and I didn't know anything else but I knew that I need to choose Bethia and I wrote a letter saying, I choose you. And I sent, I called up Grant or someone, I think it might have been Jeff, you know, I called you guys and said, I, I want to work on my marriage. I don't know. I caught up with, Bethy had moved out and I, there was, I sat with Jeff and I, I called him up and I just told him what, uh, what's going on. And he said, yes, this is the best. And I'm thinking, this is the worst. This is the, this is the worst. Anyway, he just prayed over me. And I just actually just remember just saying, confessing all my lies about just what, that lies from just the last three months, kind of. And then caught up with Brad. And where's Brad? No idea. But I caught up with him. He's doing something. But I caught up with him at the coffee shop. And... Um, Told him I'd been lying about a few things at church and in my marriage and just said a few things. Up and he's like, good, okay. Didn't say too much. And then, yeah, would you, is there any more you want to ask about that? So, so it started with a decision? Yep. Um, and, I mean, Jeff, m many of you will know, but Jeff is Bethia's father. Oh, yeah. So to um, make yourself accountable and humble 
before Jeff was a decision in itself. Um, speaking with Grant, Sherelle, Brad. Um, so it started with a decision, but then you needed to start walking yeah. that out. So what are some of the things you experienced, especially with the Lord during that season? Yeah. Well, for, for the start was, you know, um, I could finally see what was going on. But, you know, just because you come out and you say stuff, it's like, um, you know, just because I said all that stuff, um, my behaviour hadn't changed. So I'd said, I'm sorry. I was really grieved for what I'd done to Bethia. But it was like I was faced with the reality of, wow, like I can't, I can't just say that I'm sorry anymore. It was so much more bigger than that. And so I had tried, even still, just because I have had the realisation, it didn't mean that I'd had the heart change and it didn't mean... It, so it didn't just go make a change. It was... It kind of was still quite ugly for a couple of months. And... Um, but the best thing, the best thing I had set up from the start was just people in my marriage. And it was just the best, looking back. <laughs> It's, it was the best, and because because I wanted to say things to Bethy and control what my, what even manipulative, manipulative conversations conversations you know I'd just say stuff trying to get her back home and like I've changed I'm a different man she, you know it's um, and she was vulnerable and I'm glad that I was protect she was protected from me in that time and so what God took me through was I had to find a new home. I, people at church didn't quite know what was going on with me, and when you when you say you've been lying, it's like, you, and you've changed. Like, well, who are you? We don't really know. Like, you've said you were this before, and you're saying you changed. So it was really awkward. Everywhere I went was awkward, and I lived in this place that was just really, really hard for me, and um, it was really, really hard. And it was a real dark time where I was faced with some stuff, and I did. Um, couple of uh, counselling sessions that went back to some deep um, sexual stuff, abuse that I had uh, done and um, it was really, really brutal and it was embarrassing and humbling and it just tormented me for a little bit, my own decisions and even the weight of what I had done to Bethia. I was talking about repentance and restitution yesterday at Elijah House and it's almost like helped me repent and change 100% because I could feel the her emotion in it instead of like it was just about me I could see what was going on and, and we had some in counseling because prior to this time you struggled to feel empathy and compassion when she expressed her heart or when anyone or even your kids you struggled with the emotion there but but now the Lord began to open your heart to um, experience or understand yeah. empathy. Yeah. You shared about how during the season um, you st you were alone. You were quite alone. You moved into your own place, um, but you began to spend time with the Lord during your aloneness, especially when you um, lay in bed at night and so on. What did the Lord begin to grow or um, do in you during that season? Yeah. 
it was really weird because I just said, Jesus, I just don't understand would be my most of my questions. Like, I just don't understand what's wrong with me. Like, why would I do that to people? And why am I like the way I am? And I just don't understand you. I don't understand. I've just been trying to, everywhere I went in my life, I felt like I just tried to fit in. You know, I was just trying to sit in, join the footy club, try and fit in there, you know. I, even with the family, sometimes I didn't really feel like I just fit in, you know. Um, it was it was just that sort of feeling. I just didn't know where I belonged. And I remember just laying in my bed, just going, I don't... And all my coping mechanisms were gone, and I was just laying in bed, and I just just felt Jesus has come and comfort me at night time. And I just from... I can't actually explain, because sometimes he just does stuff that without me trying to work at it. And... He just did some stuff in my life where I'd just lay for the first time in my life in quietness. And, and, and half the time, our problem is is that we're, we're, we either use busyness, we're just afraid to uh, lay. I was afraid to lay with my own thoughts. You know, that for me was, we talk about, you were talking about awareness of the Holy Spirit. It's like, it, I, I was, didn't have self-awareness. So I didn't, how could I be aware of the Holy Spirit if I... I can't be aware of who I am or my self-awareness. And so I just let him, I just let my thoughts and my fears, everything was just coming out. And I thought, this is, this could kill me. And there was nights of just loneliness. And it was just, there was a three-month thing where I was catching up with, I just, on a YouTube for my father for walking me through some counselling once a week and going through some hard stuff. And there was that patch of just, doing counselling, seeing my kids and um, w- working on me. And at the start, I just... Um, I w- only had the capacity to be with my kids. I had three-hour visits. I d- didn't have any control over what, what time. I just let go of any sort of time. I said, whatever time you want, Bethia, after disagreeing for a little bit, I said okay after a little bit of disagreement, but it was um, I just it was even the breaking down of my choices was breaking the controlling spirit that was on me, and so I had the kids for every second day for three hours, and I didn't really know what to do. I was suddenly realised I've been living not in my body, like living as another person. So I didn't know how to father. I was just sort of being there and just seeing my kids almost for the first time, like, with my heart engaged. So I just didn't know what to do. I, I, I was with them, but I had no idea how to father them. How did you um, learn or explore how to father your kids? Did the Lord lead you? Um, did you have people in your life? Like, what, what was that process for you where you looked at your kids and realised... I do not know how to father you, and then where to from there? Yeah, seeing the lack, and then I, I read this Danny Silk book called Keeping Your Love On, and I'd done the courses and that, but the first bit, it just said, like, are you a pow- powerless person versus powerful person? I think you remember that. And I just read, like, oh my gosh, I'm a powerless person. And then I learned about making powerful choices, so I just that I'm going to make a choice just to research all about fathering. So I just went on this thing of following this guy, David Tenson, and then I just researched book after book, like clip after clip, and I asked questions. Um, I was allowed to talk to Beth about 
parenting advice um, with them watching our conversation. And so I did that and um, I just sat around, I got around fathers. I got around fathers of the church and, you know, my dad was, um, my dad was great. He, he, but I just felt like I lost him a little bit in our, uh, my, my growing up and um, he's, he's been, you know, had his own stuff, but I didn't know really how to father. Like I just, you just see what your father does and, you know, he did the best that he could, but um, I knew that there was more. And so even Monday night, I would get around, I would come to a prayer set every Monday and I would watch the fathers, just who they were in prayer because I watched, um, I don't know, yeah, you were there as well. And so I used to just watch Luke and just, uh, and just Marty and Grant. And it was just like, I could see all these elements of fathers and I was like, you've got one part of what I need and you've got one section. So I was just pairing together in my mind and going, is that a father? And so I just went on this thing of looking at fathers and obviously the ultimate father, I was looking at him too, but he shows us in his people who he is. And um, so, yeah, I, I went on that for a couple of months, and, well, for the whole time, really. So that's a big yielding during this time and but as you say you made um the decision to see yourself not as a victim or powerless but um powerful and to make decisions that can um affect your kids um you then uh spoke you mentioned that there was a defining moment when you had an intensive um with sandra and you, this was a transition period for you because the Lord shifted something within you, not just about you or around you, but actually within your heart. Yeah. Will you share with us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, yeah. I um, there was a Sandra came over and did a conference called the Green Tree Conference, and I'd been doing counselling and progressing well and. Um, I remember just going to this conference and it just, every subject was just hitting me and it was like it was for me and it was for everyone there, but, you know, it just really impacted me. I just remember crying the whole time and there was a few things that had come up about my childhood and there was just some, you know, things that had been ripened just before that and um, Sandra called me out of the... She, there was one subject where they talked about borderline personality and I said, I've got that. And she, you know, we talked about, even that gave me some label of like why I've been so dysfunctional. It's like when you struggle for so long and someone says parts of your life, it's like, it's so validating because it gives you language to something that you've struggled with, but you, you don't know what, what, it, what you're doing. And so it was so validating. And she, then she disappointed me. I, I don't remember exactly but she said look I was talking to Amy and I just really feel like I want to do an intensive with you and so I didn't ask her she chose me and I even that was like huge and so I, the next week I did my intensive with her and, and if it, intensive just uh, like a four-day prayer ministry three hours it's pretty it's intense <laughs> intensive it speaks for itself <laughs> it's, it's it's intense um, and so, prayer, you know, 
all the stuff that I've been doing beforehand had helped unlock a lot of things heading into this. So just keep doing the journey because in, it's not about going to Prime Minister to get something. You just... Each, each thing is a puzzle piece. Each thing has a, is a puzzle piece, yeah. And so what happened was... Uh, yeah, that's right. She got in there and I'm ready to whip myself. I'm ready to tell you how bad I'm going, how my wife's left me woe is me, you know, tell, tell me everything wrong with me. And she got in and she said, young man, before we go anywhere, we're going to make you take your seat. And she said, you don't know that you're a son. And so she put me on the seat and just cloaked me. And it's almost like she knighted me into, like, sonship. And I didn't expect it. I didn't expect... God's kindness in that moment to, to, to call me son. I was ready to, for him to beat me down. And I did so much stuff in that intensive that broke the shame of just some weird stuff that I had done and some shameful stuff that I just didn't want to go to. It's like, and just talking about it broke it, but then just healing that was, it was so powerful. Thank you, Brett. Um, so you were put, you felt spiritually you were put into your seat and there was a shift in your understanding of your own identity and the Lord began to grow within you, not just as understanding of sonship with him being your father, but an understanding of fathership within you. Um, so you had been practicing fathering techniques up until this point, but it's now like something in your heart shifted to um, towards your own children, but bigger than that. Like it was an actual identity that's within your heart of sonship and fatherhood. Um, is there anything else you want to add on that note before we... Yeah. Yeah, like... Just yeah, I'm going to... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. That's okay. Yeah, so I went from this thing of just intentionally, just you know, God gives you what you can handle. So at the start, it was just about my children and just, um, you know, um, that's all that I could really do um, at that time was just look after my... I felt like it was just like all, all that I can do now is love my children, you know, help them grow up and do me and this. You know, it was all pretty... There was there's not much else I could do, and so after that shift of going, well, I just felt like, yeah, I am a father. I remember going to church. I had gone to church for three years, and just every time I walked in the building, I just felt like I've just got to fight for acceptance here. I just got to fight for everyone to see me and value me. And then after that, I was like, wow, everyone here loves me. I was like, wow, I'm really seen in this church, and I was like. It, nothing had changed. It's just that I had changed. I'd been healed from that thing because it was like I literally felt rejected every time that I came in the building. And it's just, it's not true, but you just believe this stuff because, you, you, you know, you're your own worst enemy sometimes. And it's, it comes from somewhere. But, yeah, so if you feel like you walk in the building and you feel ashamed, there's a reason why it's not us. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> Nicely. I mean that nicely because your heart's involved and there's, a, there's trauma there and there's a, there was a reason why I was like that. Thank you, Brett. So this led to changes. Um, Bethia noticed changes in you 
um, and things began to shift back in your marriage where, um, we, where we can lead to where we are today. Do you, um, can you share what, what some of that journey was as a husband, as a father, um, leading into what things look like for you now? Yeah, I felt like for me, like I just, once I was alive, I just wanted to be not a liar. And so I just wanted, I wanted to pursue Jesus so much. I just wanted him. And I remember just going, I just want to be the hungriest man for you. And I just, I actually didn't pray a lot except for that. I just want you to do what you've got to do. And that was it. But I just wanted to be an honest man. And it looks like something. So I just told the truth all the time and just was just obsessed with you know like pursuing righteousness or it was like it was like that and so Bethia could just feel the atmosphere around me change and I remember just even it was almost like I forgot that or separate because I was just growing and I was enjoying that and I remember even one time you came up and was like whoa you you got peace around you and for someone to say that you guys know what I was like. So for someone to say that you'll, you'll, I feel peaceful around you, especially Nicole, it, it means a lot. It means that you have changed. And so, um, but it looked, it wasn't like, I, before I felt like I had to just do stuff to get Bethia back or get Bethia's attention. Now it's like I wasn't really concerned because I trust, I'd come, I was like, I was seeking him and I was seeking fatherhood that it didn't, I knew that it would just come about. But later on, Bethy had told me that she was just noticing that um, I was doing little things. So when I'd do the visits, I would light the fire and do things, get a wood, and um, she would do that. And so... Uh, so you were ministering to her, but your heart wasn't to manipulate her. Your heart was, I'm a son, I understand fatherhood, I'm a mm. man, I understand that my wife has needs and I have responsibilities and you started to step into your seat or sit in your seat and, and out of your seat came this, these changes in a more natural way. Yeah, it's like I could see her heart. I could, I could actually see my wife for the first time and it's such a beautiful picture. Sorry, I'm just looking at you guys, but, you know, it's, uh, I could actually see my wife for the first time and, you know, I just, just could see her as Jesus saw so it was just, it was really, I don't know, I didn't really even think about, like I wasn't proactively trying to do anything, it was just, it was who I was becoming. Thank you, that's awesome. So now, I mean, you guys are back together, obviously there's still brick upon brick and there's there's been broken trust in the past so we understand that it's still a journey, but would you say that um, like, would you say your kids trust you now, or how has how what does it look like? What does it look like for Brett in his home at the moment? Yeah, I'm a lot more present and uh, I'm a lot more tired because I'm fully engaged. I guess you know I'm fully awake to my children's needs, and it used to be I used to almost categorise like the, the the I'm I'll be the provider, you know, and we go through stuff, you know, we talked about in that group scene and we grab and think that's just we just put the food on the table and but as I transition I was there so when they fell down instead of it's like get up. That's what I, I used to do. It's like you fall down, you get up and I used to say that now I so when my daughter was hurt, hurting herself, I'd go down and I'd pick her up and comfort her and I knew what comfort was because 
everything that my journey did was represent what God was doing to me. And so when I was falling down, God was picking me up and seeing me. I wasn't left alone that whole time. And so I was just mirroring the, him fathering me. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I do. And so I'm doing this out from him doing all this stuff through me and in hidden. It's not about works. It's, it's who you are on your knees in silence, in, in your room. And so when, when I, my daughter would hurt herself, I would pick her up. Um, I would, I, I guess, it's, it's, there's so many things. that There's no roles. It's just a father does so much stuff. And um, oftentimes in, in, in the world we categorise you do that and you do that. It's just we do this. We do the dishes. We do the laundry together. And you may have an agreement within that, but it was more like it's a joint effort. And so we we parent together. And I didn't really know what that was like, but I'm, yeah, so um, we had uh, with Nathan, who was here, we had our kindy son thing and just, I don't know, so many things you do with your children now that yeah, I just didn't do you know, like cry with them, show empathy. Um, I didn't know how to really cry, but um, yeah, it's just be emotionally there, emotionally available was the key with my children because they're very sensitive, like me, I've come to (laughs) realise. I've been doing so much crying over the last four days that it's like, I've been, what, what am I becoming, you know? It's like, it's, it's good. It's so good. It's like, what other emotions do we have, you know? It's like, it's, it's fun learning, you know? It's like, gosh, men, we just, sometimes it's like, you just need to cuddle, you just need to cry. You know, like, half the time we're just fighting crying. Why? You know, like, I crying such a release of just, Anyway, that's a. I'm going off subject, but I'm going off the way. Yeah. It's good, Brett. Um, you are no longer hidden. Yes. What's your understanding? Because you used to really value hiddenness, yeah. and you did not value vulnerability and transparency. So this is shifted, yeah. right? What does this look like? Or what's, where do you stand on that? Yeah, this has been huge. I feel like I've been hiding my whole life, but hiddenness is, you know, as I've been thinking about this, you know, from Garden of Eden, we all know when, um, you know, Adam hid at the you know, start and God's like, where are you? You know, he often, he calls, he knows where you are, but we, we hide and I'm just thinking, we've got this thing of where we try and hide our sin. We try and hide who we are, we try and hide all these stuff that we do and um, we're always just trying to cover shameful things that the enemy thinks like if they really knew who you were, they would reject you and it's like, so for me hiding about what I was hiding my marriage was actually, I've been hiding some stuff from childhood and some, some, some serious stuff that I'm you know, I just needed to get into the light. And so once I'd gone back, the reason why heart journey is so important is because you, you heal these places that you've hidden in the dark, hidden in a box, and they come open. And it's, uh, it's hard, but now um, I no longer really feel shame, but I don't have that tendency to hide now because 
I'm not hiding 25 years worth of stuff. I'm just hiding now. And so for me, sometimes you think, oh, I'm not hiding drinking or drugs. It's like I hid from my wife my, my heart, my emotions. And so it's not just hiding of your stuff. It's hiding of who you are. And sometimes that can be the hardest thing. And we don't even do it intentionally because some of us don't know our own heart. And that's why we do the hard journey to come awake. But, you know, hiding just leads to manipulate, like to, leads to actually, it's a gateway for the demonic actually. But, um, and it's serious. It's a serious thing when you hide something and just know that if you say it, it's not like, well, you're busted. You, you come out of hiding, you get healing. And it's like, it's just the, it sets you free. There's so much freedom involved. Um, and that's my biggest thing is like, I just don't want to hide. It's a, it's a value for us. And so even I, it's t- hiding how I feel towards Bethia, sometimes if I don't tell her if I'm cross with her or angry, it's like hiding my emotions even towards her. I'm not bearing that you're making me angry when you, like, or you're, you're not, she doesn't make me angry, but you know, hiding in my emotions when things are frustrating as well because then she knows I'm trustworthy. She knows that. I'm not just trying to be tough. She knows that in my vulnerability, she can trust me. She can trust my emotions and um, that I'll do something about it. So hiding's like a high value for me. And um, not hiding. Hiding is not a value for me. (laughs) One last thing, Brett. You spoke about how the identity of fathering has shifted um, towards your kids, but it's shifted beyond your kids now. Like, because it's an identity within your heart, there's a lot of things that you walk into a situation and you feel the heart of a father in those areas. And this is um, important because not everyone is a physical father. You're a physical father. But there's a fathering identity that the Lord's placed in you that's bigger than your physical fatherness. Um, do you want to talk through one or two of those yeah. examples and then we can hand it over? Yeah. Um, so for me, fathering's like, you know, I feel like it's our identity that God has given us, you know, and it's like I'm talking about spiritual fathering as well. And so for me, I feel like my position here on the land as a gardener, I father this land. And it's like, so wherever I go, I father and so. Sometimes, you know, it looks like sometimes it look like me at the door and I'll watch this space. Um, I'll father in my life hub and it looks like, it looks like, I don't know, it just looks like kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how to actually word that. Yeah, it looks like a covering. It's like, um, you know, like stretching out my arms and sometimes, you know, it just looks like I'm covering people. I don't. I don't know. How, uh, yeah, what that looks like. It's just how I. I know that I am. I just know that I'm a father, and it's like it's not just because I'm a dad. I just feel, yeah, it's a spiritual fathering. Like so, the other day I went to a school, and I got to pray for some kids and just bless them as a father. And it was like, I I knew that I had authority in that way, and there's a covering over those children as well. And sometimes. Um, God will give me intercession, like praying in the night over other children that may not have a dad in their life. It's, this is only a new thing, so um, and I'll just pray and declare things over their life and cover them in prayer. 
and breakthrough for them. And it looks practical as well, like picking up a kid and that I is in my sphere of influence and just loving them, hearing them. It's not like a big weird thing. It's just naturally, that's what I do. Just seeing, seeing them, being me. <laughs> I don't know. See. Thank you so much, Brett, for being so vulnerable with us and for sharing so real. Thank, thanks, guys. Thanks for hearing my story. And I was, um, you know, I was like, I, I was, the hardest thing was sharing my story because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's valuing myself and it's valuing what Jesus has done. So I just hope that you hear what he has done and he, like you said, he's got the... <laughs> I just wouldn't have done it with me. I, I tried to do it myself, and it ended up not that good. So um, I just really love and appreciate you guys for sticking with it, with me. And I, I've felt your support, and even the withdrawal was so intentional of just letting go a little bit to just let me make a choice. It was so freeing. And, and there's an... Yeah, the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, so remember that. Yeah. Amen. Uh, sisters, you know, one of the, the principles of the kingdom is that when we have um, breakthrough in an area, we have victory, then we have also have authority. But um, just maybe if you'd love just to pray um, over our community, the men in our community, those who aren't here, um, just out of that place of, of where you've had, where the Lord has been victorious in your life, um, and, uh, and just to, yeah, just to pray a blessing yeah. over the men and yeah. awakening and etc. Yeah. etc. Et mm -hmm. Yeah, half the thing is coming awake, and you know, why don't you stand up? Yeah, why don't we stand up? And even as if, even if you just want to come to the front as men and um, and just just step out and uh, you know into your fathering today, as Brad was saying, we put the tissues out. It's like just step in and we'll just pray for you guys and all men, yeah, all men. You don't have to have a, uh, you know, a child or children, your sons and just that if we could all just stick together and pray and I just, you know, I just really feel like this is a time where us fathers, we need each other and I didn't get to this place without fathers and um, yeah, I just pray. This is my son here. Mm. Anyway. Well, Lord, I just, I just give you all the glory for yes, what Lord. you've done in my life, Lord, that we just lift your name up right now, Jesus, that without you as our Heavenly Father, we can't do it, but you are here and you, you call us sons. Yes. And Lord, I just pray for each one of these men right now to step out of hiding and I just pray over their hearts. Lord, each one will come awake to, what, to their full, full destiny and calling. Lord, we just pray that you even break open the areas where they may have had hardened hearts or where they've just had hiddenness, Lord, that they will come out and just say, Lord, here I am, this is me, and Lord, that you will you'll heal that area. And we just pray for, um, just for, an, for an awakening in us, men, to just take life and just take our positions and just, um, just own it with a big yes and to take our... 
our, how, to take our rightful position as, as fathers, Lord, and that even where the enemy has robbed us, say, you're not a man, you're not a father, Lord, that is just a lie, and we just, mm. we just come out of that lie, and we just, we just come into full agreement of who we are and who you say we are, Lord. Obedience is to you, Lord, that we're not just saying this blindly, Lord. This is our promise, and, uh, yeah, if, but you will play you, your Father's blessing. Yeah, amen. And Father, we just do, uh, we repent for passivity, Lord, where we have come under that stronghold of this nation, Lord, and we have come into agreement where we've been brought and raised up uh, in passivity, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you would break that off our lives. We come out of agreement with passivity, Jesus, and we step forward as the men that you have called us to be, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that our story is your story and it's for your glory, Lord. So as we present our story to you, you are looking for opportunities to reveal your glory. And that's what you want to do in us, Father, no matter where we are, no matter how stuck we feel, no matter how dark our past or even our present is, Lord, let your light come and shine on those places, Lord. We say no to hiddenness. We say yes to your revealing, Jesus. We say shine your light in our hearts, in our lives, Lord. We say yes to the awakening, God. The awakening of our spirit, the awakening of our heart, the awakening of our minds, Lord, that we are coming out from underneath the shadow, Lord, of the things of this nation that have kept men down, Lord. Even that tall poppy syndrome, Lord, I thank you that you are raising up tall men in this nation, Jesus. We say yes to raising up tall men, Lord, and that, Father, that as men and women, we would gather around run one another and we would fight for tallness, Lord. We would fight for increase, Jesus, that we would honour and glorify, Lord. And, Father, as, as, a, as a spiritual father in this community, Lord, no this region. I just bless you. I bless your day of conception. I bless your spirit and I call you forth to come awake, to come into your fullness, that you are blessed and destined by the Lord to be born at the time that you were, to be in this season, in this generation. The Lord has a mighty calling upon your destiny and it's time for you to step into and come into agreement with that destiny, with that calling that the Lord has placed upon your life. And I thank you, Father, you're going to teach these men not how to be men like the world says, but to be men like you say, Lord, that we are made in your image, Lord. Men cry, men rejoice, men have emotions, men lay down, men serve, men cuddle, men do all of those things, Lord. But we just thank you, Father, that you are reshaping, Lord, that we are not modeling our lives upon society, but upon your kingdom and upon the King Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, that you are shaping our lives. We just pray a blessing, Father, over the men in this community, Lord. We pray a blessing over marriages, Lord, present and future, God. And the Father, that we would step into the place that you have called us to be in, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless you, bless you. Thank you, Brett, for sharing your heart, your story. Thank you, Jess. And please just know, as hard as it is to, to step into that place of vulnerability, that's where the answers lie. Sometimes that's actually what the Lord is waiting for, just for us to humble ourselves um, before him and I think when we when we know that we've humbled ourselves is when we do it before other people um, that's often the, the the place and uh, and as I've said before even in my story you can humble yourself as the Lord says or you can let him do it I recommend humbling yourself um, because holy humiliation is is far worse than than choosing it yourself but it's still good um, but uh, yeah we're excited for what the Lord is doing and uh, we love you, we're for you, we're fighting for you, and, uh, but yeah, bless you. Amen.
Hallelujah. Let's eat sausages and buns.